I think what's really going to be sorry is my upholstery on that chair. You might want to, yeah, we should probably pause real quick because you don't want to let this seep into the upholstery at all. Oh, yeah, or the carpet underneath. <laughs> or the car- Oh, yeah, no, it's too late. It's too oh, late. You, just leave it. Gosh, you had a blowout there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, you're not getting the deposit back. I'm sorry. Uh, looks, <laughs> <laughs> looks like you spilled a bunch of beef gravy. <laughs> Well, what's funny is that's actually what went in. Oh, and it, yeah. it just came out completely the <laughs> just, same, just which ate, I feel is ate a medical problem. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> which I feel is a medical problem. Yeah. It just looks exactly the same as it did. That's, that's no. I'm yeah. supposed to do that. No, probably not. <laughs> uh, what's what's going on, Donkey Kong? That's that's your new nickname. Cause, Hells yeah. Because you got a mustache. <laughs> Donkey Kong is famous for his mustache. <laughs> he certainly is. <laughs> or his uh, his opponent Mario is, is famous oh, for it. So yeah, it's true. It's like sarcastically calling you Donkey Kong oh. because it'd be like calling you Bowser. Yeah, it's like how you call like a fat guy slim or like a or a big guy shorty. Right, right. <laughs> I'm calling you by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, what's up, Donkey Kong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can live with it. Cool, yeah. <laughs> um, How are you doing, Britt? I'm doing Donkey Kong delicious, baby. <laughs> Donkey Kong delicious. Like, uh, that's that's my favorite flavor of ice cream. Mm. How about uh, you? Did they ever make a Donkey Kong ice cream? Yeah. It's sort of like the um, the little... Well, I guess we'll talk about this later, but, you know, the uh, ice cream pops you get, you know, from, from the ice cream men, mm-hmm. you know. We're have, not going to talk about that in this episode. No, we won't. No. In another one, just like, you know, just like those little things that came with the gumballs. Oh, yeah. Gumball eyes, which I feel like gum and ice cream is the worst combination you can possibly make. Um, I mean, I, I, I feel like like the, the bubblegum ice cream is pretty good. Bubblegum flavored ice cream, yes, mm-hmm. but, and, but uh, like ice cream with bubblegum pieces. That you no, that, that's pretty good. Like the one they think they have at Baskin Robbins has bubblegum pieces in it, and it's pretty good. Yeah, but your chew, but gum is not meant to be swallowed. That's a lie. <laughs> it depends on the gum. Like big leak chew is meant to be swallowed. Bubble what? tape is meant to be swallowed. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it doesn't digest. Yes, it does. No. It's just like everything else that that. No. No, that, that, that shit that where it like stays in your stomach for seven years, it's a fucking old wives' tale that's unscientific. It right, goes I'm through like go, everything I'm else. I'm gonna go swallow an entire packet of gum. Do it. And You'll I'll be, report back. I mean you're not gonna you're not gonna feel great because I it's mean gum. it's a lot of gum. <laughs> and that's a lot of like, you know, kind of but like it digests hard like material. everything else. It goes through like everything else. It doesn't mm-hmm. like digest and you don't get nutrients from it or anything. Because mm-hmm. it's all like fucking gum. gum yeah like when you like consume xanthan gum like that part i don't think digests <laughs> no. through you no but, i don't think you're supposed to swallow gum spit out it depends on the gum 
Um, this is going to take further research. You can swallow anything <laughs> and you'll be fine. And I mean not anything, but <laughs> it's food safe to swallow gum. It's yeah. it's not going to kill yeah, you. That's a condition. If you, like, I don't know if you've seen the movie Swallow. That's a really good movie. No. Oh, you should. It's really good. Okay. Swallow. Mm-hmm. about a woman yeah she's like going through some stuff so she's just like swallowing dangerous objects mm-hmm. it's really good that's pretty cool yeah it's a really good movie i, I was to... surprised i was surprised i wasn't exp- i thought it was just going to be straight up body horror mm-hmm. and i uh, came out of it thinking like really like touched by it it was a really good movie yeah, yeah. i i used to be a caregiver in group homes and there mm-hmm. was a, a guy there named al who had pica Mm. Uh, where you just try to put like everything in your mouth and you try to eat everything mm. and he tried to eat anything man that rocks like, anything like yeah. his toys like pens that were sitting around his fork like you couldn't leave like anything near him it was it was sort of like, sort of like a goat yeah he was he was pretty goaty mm. yeah he is somewhere between he acted somewhere between like a goat and a dog mm. He was he was reactive in a really sweet way towards things. Come on, eat the can. <laughs> <laughs> he did a lot of he did a lot of this noise. Oh, I wish I had a can to eat. Yeah, yeah, it was he was a cool guy. I yeah. liked him. Pika is usually like a, like a sign of an iron deficiency. Yeah. So yeah, I just injected him full of iron. Yeah. And just make sure he so he doesn't eat laundry detergent or something. Or cans. Yeah, like but by that, do you mean you want to come in in an Iron Man costume <laughs> and uh, quote unquote uh, inject him full of iron? All right, time for your iron. <laughs> Just Dark. time for your iron injection, baby boy. Here's your iron supplement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> We're off to a running start. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah there's no none of that in this episode yeah yeah we, we just like there's no like people eating cans or like um sexually violating people <laughs> who have iron deficiency and let's hope not <laughs> let's hope not <laughs> no that would be a weird plot point and also mm. that, that's a thing that shouldn't happen in real life no that's a bad thing it is a bad thing no and although we we make light of it yeah it's dark subject matter Dark Times. We got the call movie it. starring John, Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> Jimothy Carrey. Jimothy. Jimothan Carrey. Jimothan <laughs> John Carrey. Did you ever watch that Dark Times movie? No. Or Dark Things or what was it called? It was like, I don't think it was Dark Times. Yeah, Dark Dark something, but yeah, it's where he's it's his Dark like, Dark Mark. Dark Mark. <laughs> it's where he's playing like a sort of like uh a role that he plays very seriously and like i saw one clip of it and it was like him be, trying to be a very serious badass was funnier than anything he's ever done in my life and i've yeah. never ever seen yeah. <laughs> it was great i mean he used to be like on the cutting edge of comedy yeah he was let's be honest like in the 80s like he was doing some like impression shit that was like kind of next level oh yeah like uh that movie once bitten like i think it's his once bitten rocks yeah yeah his dance scene and once bitten i was mm-hmm. thinking about that the other day it randomly popped in my head while i was working <laughs> Like his whole dancing, um, mm-hmm. at when he was at the uh, prom or whatever towards the end, mm-hmm. I, was is incredible. It's like he has, he moves like a human isn't supposed to. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> if you want to see a great performance in a comedy film that isn't a great comedy film, watch 1994's The Mask. 
Oh, yeah, I love Mask. I fucking love The Mask. Jim Carrey puts in a powerhouse performance <laughs> yeah. in that. I, I, I honestly think it's one of his best roles mm-hmm. in one of his kind of more mediocre films. Yeah. I think also um, The Cable Guy is oh, criminally yeah, underrated. Guy. Yeah, I love Cable he Guy. He puts in a fantastic performance in that. He does a uh, acapella version of um, Amok Time. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Scene is so fucking funny. It's out of medieval times too, which I love. Yeah, it is the now unionized medieval times. Oh, medieval times unionized? I believe so. Oh, nice. Good for them. Yeah, they're on strike. I want to say Tom Morello showed up to their strike. That's funny. Played a played a set. He's like, in, instead of like, you know, he, he goes and instead of playing his bass, he goes, or the guitar, he just goes and plays a lute. It's <laughs> <since> Medieval Times. <laughs> like Sting. Yeah. God, that, that like a Medieval Times protest uh, or strike would be pretty awesome. Just like, also you have like, um, like the Falconer mm. has like, has his Falcon there and the Falcon's wearing like, you know, a t-shirt, you know. Oh yeah. Pro-Union t-shirt. Dripped out pro-Union. Yeah. Trade. He has his, like, that dripped out uh, Teamster jacket on like oh, the yeah. Falcon does. Hell like a falcon yeah. size one that'd be awesome. I love <laughs> birds with jackets. They don't love it because it restricts their movements. They can't fly. Yeah. 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 I always thought that was weird. I went to. I've been to medieval times like a couple times. Oh, you have. I'm so. I'm. I'm very envious. I've always wanted to go. You've to never gone. Times. Never gone. Oh my god. You I've really driven past there a couple <laughs> times in L.A. Uh, never gone though. Oh, absolutely. You should go. Yeah, and I know there's like several throughout the country. Did you go to the one? Is there one near Baltimore? Or? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, okay. I took. I've been to that one. I think twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like well, there's one in a mall. I've been to another one too. Yeah, like uh, yeah, how's the experience? It's pretty fun. They also have like I mean uh, they don't really have a vegan option. They had a vegetarian option. Mm-hmm. You have to say like oh yeah, I'm vegetarian. It's like a veggie lasagna with Alfredo sauce. Mm. It was pretty good, and like they give you like a little because um, yeah, pretty much everyone eats the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know that makes it easy. Yeah, and, but so yeah. is it just like giant turkey leg? Yeah, they got the tur- they give you they they give you the turkey leg unless you specify you want a veg- the vegetarian option. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, every time I went, I always got the vegetarian option. Right, which is, right, it was right. pretty good. And, oh, yeah. uh, and then you have I think you can only get like two refills of, of soda, mm-hmm. if, or unless you want beer. And um, uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. But, you know, you get to. I love that you remember their fucking rules about refills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like one of the one of the things you remember about the experience is, oh, they cut me off after two soda refills and I was kind of miffed. I was kind of miffed. I was like, I want more. I'm thirsty as fuck. And like, um, but I still go. And then after, but the afterwards is really fun because you get to ch- get to ch- uh, cheer for your, you know, your dude. Uh-huh. And like, uh, and then afterwards they have like a uh, the medieval times rave. Mm-hmm. Where the falconer goes, and the falconer mm-hmm. is just hanging out with this falcon because they always have a falconer, yeah. and you can go and hang out. And the guy, and you have the little dance party, and like the falconer guy is just standing there with this falcon. You can go That's up cool. and say hi to the falcon. Sir, <laughs> That's pretty fucking cool, dude. Uh, is there a glory hole? You know what? I don't know. There probably is. I mean, obviously, it's been more than ten years since I've gone because, like, you know, I haven't been back since I've been vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, but like um you know what things may have changed there may be a glory hole you know where you get to the old glory hole step right (laughs) up partner where it's just like you can choose to tip your performer and you know you can either like venmo them cash or they can step behind a partition that has a hole in it and you Mm -hmm. can like you know 
tip them if you catch my drift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. The queen's entry, as they call it. Because <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. ever on the other side is the queen. <laughs> <laughs> for a day. Queen for a day. As far as I'm concerned, it's the queen on the other the side. The queen on the other side. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I think about when I go to the glory hole is I think about Queen Elizabeth. Close your eyes and think of England. (laughs) Keep calm and carry on. Yeah. So yeah, you know it you know, it might be good. You know, you should you should you should go. I think you'd have a fun time. I think I would definitely have a great ass time. But gotta remember the soda refill so you gotta sneak in your own you gotta sneak in your own i I, I honestly i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie i'm glad you said that i honestly (laughs) see you mocked me for it i I honestly would be a little (laughs) i drink a lot of fucking soda man i got two bevies right her i I know that's why i said something you know what you're gonna thank me you're gonna you're gonna make sure you bring like a long long jacket where you can have a couple like Mm -hmm. uh half liters of, of of diet pepsi this is what the cake song, uh, I want a girl in a short skirt and a long, <laughs> a long jacket, jacket yeah. that's what this is about. Yep, yep. Sneak in, um, sneak in large bottles with Diet Pepsi into medieval times. <laughs> so you- I want a girl that'll sneak large bottles, <laughs> large bottles of Diet Pepsi into medieval times. <laughs> medieval times. <laughs> medieval times. Uh, yeah. No, see, yeah. Good, good to know. You should go. I think. I think you know. You should. You should make it plans to go soon. I think you'll have a good, great time. Unless they're still striking. Yeah. Like, In which case, yeah. I'm gonna cross the picket line and <laughs> go perform my one man medieval show. I don't know. I don't know if you want like the scab falconer. <laughs> sure. like, like, I think like I think like the scab falconer is gonna be really bad at his job. <laughs> Just has like a, a fucking homing pigeon. He's like, no, no, it's a it's a type of falcon. Don't worry. <laughs> he just has a whole bunch of claw marks all over his face <laughs> because he can't control the bird. Ah, they're, they're raptors. You can't really control them. Isn't that your job? Yeah. Uh, you know, more or less. They found. They. I, I, I answered. A, I answered a um a ad on a on a Craigslist. <laughs> Craigslist. You know, yeah. I, I lied. I said I had ten years of, of falconing experience. Yeah. yeah. And you can watch a child get its eyes clawed out. You never want to get the fucking. <laughs> the fucking person who lied on their application as a falconer no <laughs> you never really want to get the scab falconer no don't get the scab falconer wait no. until medieval times you know settles their labor dispute and then go and hell yeah and then you can feel good about supporting like our our honest hard-working falconers we love to hear it yeah you know what else we love to hear <laughs> hmm we have a patreon oh, let's go yeah. through that real quick patreon.com slash dumb idiot bs patreon.com slash dumb idiot bs uh for two dollars a month little as two dollars a month or actually you can subscribe for free if you want i guess now yeah you can do that you oh, should yeah. do that so you can vote in the poll and oh yeah should. decide on what you can watch and, uh, you know what i like having the other people decide. oh yeah you do you or yeah. at least so you can see and so you don't have to ask me every week <laughs> yeah. oh that's true yeah there's that too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so for as little as free uh you can uh vote on what we watch every week Mm. uh you can also suggest media that we watch every week which is how we're doing this episode today it's Mm. voted on by people oh yeah um for as little as five dollars a month we say thank you to people just like dylan lance jordan hale david craning sites d gersky jormore 
Tim Wilkinson, Sam Mayo, Kyle Simmons, PJ Hale, Shane Sawyer, Gillian McCrary, SFC Punk, Roberto Molina, Seven of Nine, James Hartman, Anna Conklin, Iggy, Abigail Simpson, uh, John Simcox, Shane Williams, and Roberto Yolito, Electric Baphomet, Jonah Hearn, and Nick Savard. Uh, thank you to all mm. those people for your patronage. It really rocks. Yeah, y'all are awesome. Yeah, you are. Uh, we got, um, for as little as $10 a month, you get access to... The Media Dungeon. Uh, what have you been watching recently on the Media Dungeon? Uh, I've been watching a lot. Like I think, uh, I think uh, what's it, on uh, Thanksgiving, I uh, watched a lot of stuff. Yeah, I saw you watched uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh-huh. Yeah, I watched Mrs. Doubtfire. I was like, you know, I haven't seen Mrs. Doubtfire in a minute, and uh-huh. because I think it's like a funny concept. It was also like I also watched The Birdcage. I don't know if I watched it on The Birdcage. Like fucking Robin Williams is actually like pretty adept at like both gay and drag. Yes, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. It was funny that the, both those movies uh, came out and like you know and um you know very early on. It's kind of like we. Have, you think we, Robin Williams was trans? No, I just think. Yeah. I think I think Robin Williams was trans. <laughs> you know what? That's your head cannon. Like uh, Robin Williams <laughs> is trans. But I was just thinking, like, how interesting it is to see how, like, you know, our culture has kind of devolved, where it's just, like, if those movies had come out today, there'd be, like, such an uproar. Mm-hmm. Because, like, especially Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, he has, like, a gay brother. Yeah. And, like, um, who has a long-term partner. And, like, you know, they're and, like, um, his kids are just like, how did you pull this off? And he's just like, you know, oh, Uncle Harvey and Aunt Jack. You know, and just kind of, like, and the kids are like, oh, of course. Right, And it's right. just like, and there's, like, an, uh, like a, an already an acceptance like, of... It's like privileged gay couples are able to, like, do things that... Well, just like, and just like it was able, this was able to come out and just, like, you know, ver- just normalize homosexual relationships, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in a very, in a very passing way, because it wasn't, mm-hmm. like, dwelled on, and, like, the kids are just, like, accept that, and it's like, now, like, if that, if we had that scene released now, it would just be, like... A non-stop discussion online about yeah. it <laughs> just be like i mean the media cycle goes pretty fast yeah it does but i just i just thought that was interesting like in especially after it was a bird cage i thought that was you know bird, bird cage is fun in its own way yeah it's 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 very camp yeah i hadn't watched it in a really long time and actually mm-hmm. the reason i watched bird cage mm-hmm. is because um um I watch, I'd watch it with my parents when I was very young. Yeah. And like, and then like, I remember my dad saying like. You probably thought it was about a falconer. <laughs> about a falconer. <laughs> but there was one scene though. My dad's nuts. Mm. Like there's one scene where um, like um, Robin Williams' son, like, you know, uh, where like uh, Robin Williams is like, I'm straight passing. And then like Robin Williams' son like <laughs> rub, rubs a finger on his face and then rubs the finger on the on the wall mm-hmm. to show that he's wearing foundation. Yeah. And when I was a kid, my dad was like, he's rubbing cum off of his face. <laughs> <laughs> that's legit funny, though. I know. That's, I, that's I, I, legit funny. I don't, I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. And then when I was a kid, I thought, I was just like, what? And then like, and for some reason that I grew up thinking like that is the scene that he, that the, that he does rub cum off of his face. <laughs> and like, I, 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 as I'd tell, like, I think 10 years ago, I'd, I would watched like, um, Birdcage again. Like I, I also went through because like Birdcage is also a remake of um, a trilogy of French films mm-hmm. called The Cage of the Falls. And like there's a whole trilogy where they do like they do like all these crazy adventures where they get involved in spycraft and stuff. It's really fun. Okay. But like um 
But yeah, I remember watching that scene again. I'm like, oh, it's Foundation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like for some reason that was in the back of my head that it was that he always had been rubbing cum off of his face. Yeah, that's Isaac Asimov's Foundation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, my dad said that when I was a kid, so I just I just thought that's what it was. Oh, wild. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just shows where my dad's. Just that's, shows where, that's, that's funny as fuck. Though. Just shows where my dad's mind was. Right, <laughs> right. Come, 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 come. Come, right, but come off. These two I, men are just sucking dick all the time. I, I wish like every scene, just like when anyone, like someone drinks something, he's like he's drinking cum. <laughs> yeah. Someone's brushing their teeth, brushing them with cum. Brushing with cum. Yeah. Someone's outside like smoking a cigarette, smoking some cum. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought I thought about that weird interaction with my, that my dad said when I was a kid, and I was like, "Oh, you know, I haven't watched Birdcage in a while." Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, yeah, and then there's uh, so Media Dungeon has fucking thirteen hundred shows now, mm. which is uh, more than more than Netflix. No, oh, nice. More shows than Netflix, baby. Fuck Netflix. Yeah, honestly, like fuck si- Netflix. six times as many movies as Netflix. Like I've I've got a fucking library, baby. Yeah. The library of Alexandria. <laughs> I'm really right? I'm really glad I deleted my net Netflix account, especially since they came out with that um, the live action Squid Game. Oh, which yeah, is so incredibly tone deaf. Yeah, it <laughs> like, is. It, it's <laughs> like they didn't watch the original series. No, not, it's like it's not a good thing to have this. It shows. Mm. It's really highlighting a complete failure in our system, where we just have these people that are so in debt and so desperate that they'll do that. They'll enter this top into this kind of competition to mm. not be in debt. Yeah. And it, and it's just like that's it's it's highlighting social failure, not mm. like something to be celebrated or recreated. In right. Way. And it's just, it's just sick. <laughs> I feel like as a vegan, you're also opposed to the exploiting of squids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't want my squids exploited. Yeah, for sure. So I don't want my, my falcons exploited either. I think those falcons should be getting like all of like. Or the falconer. Or the falconer. The falconer and his falcon. They yeah. should be getting what they want. Their falcon. Their falcon. You're just, you're just like going to. I just, gender, I just, I just, just gender I just the, falconer. the falconer. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> the falcon them. The falcon them. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, uh, we like uh, we love our falconers. And we do of all genders, and the falcons of all genders, and the falcons, the falcons and the falconer should be getting their fair share. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah. Patreon.com/slash Dumb Idiot BS, Dumb Idiot BS, Dumb Idiot BS, Dumb Idiot BS. Nice. Yeah. 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 Y'all should should. Uh, there's a lot of goodies there. Yeah, and you can sign up for free, but mm-hmm. maybe maybe consider supporting us monetarily. Yeah, you know what? It helps. And also got the bumper stickers made for the merch tier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. We're yeah. going to have some fun bumper stickers coming. Yeah, for, uh, only for the merch tier people. Only for the merch tier people, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah, so maybe I got the blanks coming in for the merch tier. Nice. On In a couple days. Hells yeah. Monday. Three days, four days. I don't know. Yeah, Shipping's a lot. Thursday. Oh yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's been holiday season's kind of weird. I yeah, just, I just feel like I've been in a daze. Yep, holidays got them. I, I ate too many potatoes and I feel sick all the time. Yeah, well, that's what you get for eating too many potatoes, my friend. That's that's what it feels like to be Irish. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I made like a giant batch of ma- the, some of the best mashed potatoes I ever had in my life. Uh-huh. Made in my life, and I was just like, I was vibing with them. Mm-hmm. And then like I purposely made a huge tongue. I'm like, I'll get through this. And then um, 
I think by day two or three, I was just like, I don't want sick to look of potatoes. Yeah. I was so sick of them, but I it's, ate them all. That it's, at that point, you gotta you gotta like make them into like popsicles, <laughs> put them in the fridge, and then <laughs> and then boof them. Hand them to kids on the street. Hey, kids! Now here's you, some here's some ice cream. You gotta boof them. Gotta boof them. <laughs> you gotta boof them. You gotta boof them. The potato, potatoes. Baby. Yeah, absorb. You know that you can absorb uh, nutrients through your anal walls. Especially potatoes. Especially potatoes. That's what that's it feels a, like to be Irish. Yeah, that's what the Irish had to do. They got sick of potatoes too. Yeah, they so had they had to boof them. Yeah, they mashed them up, stick mm-hmm. them in your ass. Yep. Bo- bake them, boil them, <laughs> stick them up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> bake them, boil them, stick them up your ass. Okay, uh, so today we watched uh, Star Trek uh, TNG episode 15 from season 3 yesterday's enterprise and the patrons voted on this so thank you everyone oh nice yeah it's a good one yeah indeed uh so this episode first aired on february 19th 1990 it is the 62nd episode overall of tng and the 169th episode overall of star trek oh wow yeah uh this one is written by the like the fucking dream team um it's written by iris stephen bear who, oh really who we know uh as the guy who was like the showrunner for mm-hmm. the last four seasons of ds9 the best four seasons of ds9 mm-hmm. uh also richard manning and hans beimler who and ronald d moore who were mm-hmm. writers who between the three of them wrote well over a hundred star trek episodes mm. So this is just a motherfucking dream team. Hmm. Uh, and then it is uh, directed by David Carson, uh, who you might know is the director of four episodes of TNG and four episodes of DS9, including Emissary, hmm. Dax, oh. and Move Along Home. And son of Johnny Carson. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I think most infamously, though, he is the director of Star Trek generations oh no yeah that correct you know what they can't all be winners they can't all be winner winner chicken dinner and that certainly was not a winner winner or Mm, a chicken dinner no or a dinner otherwise it was not even a meal it was a dinner a poo yeah it was uh it it tasted a little bit (laughs) a little bit like that So, let's jump right in. Uh, yeah. Worf is sitting alone in 10 forward, and Guinan comes over to his table and hands him a glass. What is it? Prune juice. Motherfucking prune juice. He sips it and calls it a warrior's drink. Which makes sense that Ronald D. Moore was attached to this episode, because this is this is setting up more Klingon lore. Yeah, and that. Ronald D. Moore fucking loves Klingons, baby. Yep, yeah, he and, writes so many Klingon episodes. Yep, this is like the beginning of a beautiful relationship of Worf and prune juice. Hell yeah. So, um, which prune juice is fu- fucks? I love prunes. I think they're yeah. great. So, uh, Guinan notes that Worf always drinks alone and could use some companionship. Definitely talking about fucking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Worf says he would need a Klingon woman for companionship because Earth females are too fragile. <laughs> uh, and Guinan tells him there's some women aboard who might be able to tame him, and he laughs. Yeah. In one of the few times we actually see Worf smile. Yeah. In like the entire series. Yeah, th- I really like this moment because yeah, we're getting, it's it, it's like one of those moments in Star Trek I really cherish. Like this is very human, just like 
like exchanges of just people just like a normal conversation someone would have and it, it yeah. deals so much it's just like expanding just the who that character is and it's just a very mm-hmm. quiet moment between two people it's right. like those kind of things i love about star trek right right and it's it's not like setting mm-hmm. up much of anything but it does mm-hmm. like expand lore and sometimes it does set up mm-hmm. recurring things like wharf loving prune juice yeah wharf loving prune juice which is a very cute thing that is like referenced in several scripts thereafter not just by rondy moore but also by rondy moore yeah. as we saw in uh what was it um looking for parmok in all the wrong places yeah, yeah. Ronald D. Moore once again references Worf drinking prune juice, mm-hmm. and it's funny. And also, like the 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 um, the violent nature of Klingon lovemaking. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Like, which definitely comes in and play a lot mm-hmm. during throughout uh, Trek. Yeah. So uh, just then, a strange phenomenon appears outside Ten Fort's windows, and Worf is called to the bridge. Guinan stands up and looks towards the phenomenon and utters. No. <laughs> She's like, no. 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 So Worf arrives on the bridge and is uh, told that the Enterprise D has encountered what appears to be a temporal rift in space. Uh, the crew are unable to confirm exactly what and precisely where the phenomenon is. Uh, Worf reports a change in sensor readings. Picard turns his back on Worf and asks Data for more information, and uh, Riker's also, like, chatting this whole thing and being like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? And shit. Um, as a starship emerges from the rift, the bridge of the Enterprise changes suddenly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it now appears much darker, and the crew's uniforms have, like, more of a militaristic look, I guess. Mm-hmm. They look a little bit like a cross between regular Starfleet and, like, Mirror Universe yeah, Starfleet. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, they do look... But like they're not very, they're not very mirror universe like. They're not, not evil. Not really, but they have like these weird belts that have like phasers attached to them and yeah, stuff. They're and more, but they, yeah, they're definitely more hyper militaristic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for reasons though. Yeah. So no one seems aware of the changes. Uh, Picard turns to the tactical station and asks if the ship that emerged is an enemy vessel. However, Worf isn't there anymore. And it's oh. Tasha Yar. Oh, what? Also, Troy has disappeared. Oh, yeah. yeah Does uh, she even make an appearance in this episode? Uh, I can't even remember if when it returns back to normal. Uh, maybe? She has to, I'm sure. She's in the opening credits. Uh, she, so yeah. Down in a different tent forward, Guinan clears a table, and everyone is in uniform, and they all have the belts with, like, armaments on them. Mm-hmm. She straightens up and senses something isn't right and that everything is changed around her. Uh, as the starship clears the rift, Yar confirms it is a Federation starship and tries to get the ship's registry. Riker notes the crew must have had a rough ride through the rift. Yar reads the ship's registry is NCC 1701 C. Bum, bum, bum. What, what do you think C stands for? Um, is it giving giving cuteness yeah sure yeah <laughs> uh and this causes picard and Riker to turn towards uh yar in astonishment uh and yar finishes reading the name of the ship and it's the sea yeah. and yeah and then that's that's when we get motherfucking open credits baby hell yeah big musical moment uh music on this episode is really good. honestly production value on this episode is so much better than star trek generations <laughs> yeah yeah, and they actually make 
distinct costumes for it mm-hmm. too. <laughs> it's just like yeah, though, everyone's costume fits too. It's wild. Yeah, though I did notice like there is sort of like a mix between early ep- uh, season. I, I think like they gave some of the older uniforms to the extras because yeah, yeah um, definitely during yeah they have the the back zip up ones the yeah, shitty ones and the and the stripes on yeah, the on right, the, right, on, right. on the tops cuz i was you noticed but that but then they put belts on them so they put, but they put belts they they, they made they got a belts baby they made individual belts mm-hmm. there's something more than you could say that was done in generations mm-hmm. <laughs> like a feature length film yeah so <laughs> opening credits at 355 so 4 minutes in kind of average for this series yeah and I was wondering now that you mentioned it that Troy wasn't there. I'm wondering if is it it does seem like it is kind of like in the mirror universe where there are no that there are only humans on on board mm-hmm. the um the Enterprise. So it's like you know true. So I'm wondering if they're well, yeah yeah, and we'll kind of get into that like yeah. how how history has changed and mm-hmm. stuff here. So next we get a military log combat date four three six two five point two. While investigating an unusual radiation anomaly, the Enterprise has encountered. We could almost be called a ghost from its own past, the Enterprise C, the immediate predecessor to this battleship. And he calls the Enterprise a battleship. Yeah. Which is like immediately like setting a certain tone for this. And also mm-hmm. he gave a military log, which we've never heard, I don't think, no. even even when they were engaged in combat. Mm-hmm. I don't think the captain is given a military log, which no. is interesting. So. Uh, on an altered bridge, data reports that the sensors confirm that the other ship's hull and engine components are that of Enterprise C. Uh, when Wesley Crusher mentions that the Enterprise C was destroyed with all hands more than 20 years ago, data corrects him, saying that the shift was presumed destroyed near Narandra 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 Three, a Klingon outpost. Uh, Captain Picard wonders if the ship was adrift for all these years it's been missing, or perhaps maybe it traveled through the time rift. Data says that if time travel does turn out to be the proper theory, then the phenomenon will have uh, they have encountered is a temporal rift such as a cur loop in space. And Yar then reports that she is able to scan the interior of the ship, and she reports heavy damage within, but does get some life sign readings. Mm. Riker calls sickbay to prepare emergency teams and orders the transporter rooms ready. But Picard belays Riker's orders, reminding him that if the other ship has indeed traveled through time, it could be dealing with variables that might alter the flow of history. Mm-hmm. So, very good point. I like how this is like setting up rules of time travel and stuff like that mm-hmm. early. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, like they know like any sort of influence they have could... Mm-hmm. Have, some, have, have, a, have a ripple effect throughout time, which, mm-hmm. you know, as we see, that's the whole reason everything's changed in the first place. Indeed. So, Hinge points. Yeah, we've been watching a lot of fucking time travel episodes recently, mm-hmm. I feel. so. It just shows how, like, some, even just, like, a in, seeming inconsequential thing can have such a, like, effect on the on the entire history of, of, of things, you know, just, like, the entire history of the Federation is completely mm-hmm. changed just by this one ship. Yeah. And the actions they take. So, uh, just then, the Enterprise C sends out an audio distress signal. Picard orders it put on the speakers. It's Captain Garrett from the Enterprise C saying they've been attacked by Romulan warships and require assistance. Also, that life support is failing and they've lost their warp drive. We get a. Then there's the. Um, 
the statue of Garrett that's in start uh, Picard season three. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, she's known as the person who captained the Enterprise C. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Riker mentions there was no records of Romulans ever attacking the Enterprise C, and Yar reports the voice message has terminated and they are now receiving only an automated signal. Picard orders a channel open and tells the Enterprise C that he is Captain Picard of the Federation of a Federation starship. So he hesitates there. Mm. He tells Garrett and her crew to stand by for emergency teams. Tells Riker to assess the situation and attend to their wounded, and above all, to avoid all discussions of where and when they are. Mm. Riker says he will and takes Yar with him for the away team. Just then, Crusher tells Picard that Starfleet monitor stations are detecting Klingon ships in the area and that they're on their way. And Picard orders Wesley Crusher to put the ship on battle alert condition yellow. So it's kind of immediate. It's it's clear at this point that they are in war with the Klingons, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, unfortunate we love the klingons we do love the klingons we want to see them exist in peace with the with the federation and it kind of explains Worf's absence mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it, it certainly does uh enterprise c is absolutely fucked uh the away teams aboard uh the bridge and dr crusher report the rest of the bridge crew are dead and the the captain is seriously fucked up mm-hmm uh, they find the captain nearly unconscious in her command chair, and Crusher and Riker tell Garrett that they are from a Federation starship and that they're there to assist. When Crusher tells Riker she must take Garrett back to the Enterprise, Garrett demands an explanation, but Riker simply tells her they are from a Federation starship that answered their distress signal and that they will answer all questions, but for now they must get her healed in sick bay. You know, one thing I think that was interesting is, like, mm-hmm. they know that this ship disappeared by a Klingon outpost. Now it suddenly appeared, and they instantly, like, uh, like assume, assume it's time travel. Instead of, like, oh, maybe this ship was taken by Klingons, and now it's being used as a sort of, like, Trojan horse-type situation. Right, exactly. Yeah. Too trusting. Yeah, too trusting, but, you know, I mean, I'm sure they read that there were human life signs on board. Right. They could only detect single-penis organisms. And <laughs> yeah. <they're> like, oh, <laughs> drat. Oh, uh, don't worry. Everyone has a single penis. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, but yeah, just, like, there is no, like, I mean, I, they probably do it for, like, time's sake, you mm-hmm. know, just for, like, you know, have the episode keep rolling but you think there would be some sort of like hesitation that this could be a Klingon trap it could be yeah yeah so they're not being very hesitant here no 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 but But it's it's fine yeah this is still in like I don't know the the more idyllic stages of TNG and Star Trek overall yeah when and it does go to say like later in this episode uh fucking you know Guinan is like this is a ship of peace not a ship of war Mm mm-hmm uh, but yeah, but more, you know, like uh, Picard's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. So LaForge tells Riker the ship is really fucked up. Uh, Riker tells him if they can't stabilize life support, they will have to evacuate the entire ship. And LaForge says he can do it, but he'll have to go to engineering. So he calls damage control to engineering. Right then, Yar and Riker notice some rustling underneath some debris. They pull off the debris and discover another survivor. Uh, Lieutenant Richard Castillo, played by Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin. Uh, Kevin, 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 Kevin McDonald? Is that his name? No, what is know. his name? I just know him as Shooter McGavin. So, something, something. It is, it is funny seeing him yeah. play like a good character because mm-hmm. he's, he's so good at just playing villains all the time. <laughs> uh, I mean, all the time. I was thinking about it like, has he been villain in that many things? 
I don't recall him like being a villain in much more than than fucking uh, Happy Gilmore. Let's see. Um, so while you're looking that up, uh, you can butt in whenever. Um, yeah. I'll continue here. Christopher McDonald. Christopher McDonald. There we go. That's his name. Uh, Picard arrives back on the bridge in time for a report from the away team. Uh, Riker reports that they've stabilized life support and LaForge is working on repairing the power couplings. He tells Picard there are 125 survivors aboard. Picard asks for ideas and Riker says he'd hate to have to lose the ship. His Starfleet could certainly use another vessel even if it is an old piece of shit. (laughs) Uh, Picard agrees and cautions Riker that he can't stay in the area too long. He allows Riker nine hours to get the Enterprise-C underway to Starbase 105. If they're unable to do so, the survivors will be evacuated and the ship will be destroyed. Destroyed. Just then, Guinan comes in. She's like, yo, what's the fuck's up? Uh, and Picard's like, yo, uh, what's up? And she's like, it's, this is, is not the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, big commercial break music right here. Yeah, I was actually having a discussion with my brother and my friend the other day about, like... Mm-hmm. Guinan's powers. Guinan does like exist kind of through time. Yeah, Arian's got some shit going on. We were kind of discussing just like how she's able to pose a threat to. Um, it was funny because I actually referenced this, yeah to Q, mm-hmm. and I was actually I actually referenced this episode like because I was just like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I don't know how she could. I mean, like, from, well, from she's got the cube, the cubes, the cubes, and and like I got reference this episode. I was like, and she's able to just like not under, not uh, to uh, mm-hmm. she's aware of the pa- of a of a time shift. <laughs> like mm-hmm. she's like she knows what the true timeline is, which is like it's funny that she that that there is a true timeline, mm-hmm. but like but she's but she was but she's keenly aware that something's wrong in a timeline change mm-hmm. and and because we were trying to figure out like what threat elorians can pose to cues and so i was just like yeah i'm not not sure because they're like corporeal beings right yeah you know and so they can't exist on a plane like you i yeah. don't think right or they don't like, have any because like yeah my friend was just like well it's like pat maybe you can answer this what's up with um <laughs> with with a Guinan's hand thing that she does at you. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the, the cat, the <laughs> yeah, cat claws. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. So yeah, also kind of I guess want to pose this question to you. Like, what do you think it's about? Like, I, I there's never uh, any definitive answer of how they're able to. I, th- I think Q like do have to play by like some rules of ethics. Mm. Like I think like when facing humans, they do have to maybe be in human form mm-hmm. or at least in like a manageable form to humans. Mm. Because we've never seen a, a Q become like you know an uh, fucking Eldritch horror or anything, you know, no. Eleusidian monster of like mammoth proportion. But I mean, they can, but they're able to just like change the rules of engagement, whatever they want, you know. And they are, but like at the same time, I, I feel like they they do have at least some sort of like rules or ethics behind what they do because mm-hmm. we see they do have to live in like a controlled society mm-hmm. that does play by rules, and they can die by each other's hand yeah a q can kill or a q. randomly like in picard season three shut up <laughs> you mean picard season two two oh two yeah i'm yeah, sorry yeah, yeah picard yeah. season two i'm sorry yeah, yeah. yeah three three was better yeah that yeah, it, yeah that had um but yeah that had yeah guinan's able to summon a q mm-hmm. or supposedly and mm. yeah I, I i was just curious about it because i was like I was, it was funny because like because when you said we were watching this episode i was like oh wow i literally just Reference this the other day mm-hmm. but but yeah i mean 
So we are able to see that uh, Guinan is able to 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 perceive timelines mm -hmm. and timeline altercations. So. Yeah. So in the observation lounge, Picard questions what Guinan's perceiving, and she tells him that things don't feel right at all. Uh, Picard says that everything is the same as it always has been, uh, but Guinan says there should be families and children around, and Picard's like, are you crazy? Mm -hmm. uh, so Guinan uh, tells Picard that the Enterprise isn't a ship of war, it's a ship of peace. Yeah. And things just aren't right. And there's families on board. Mm -hmm. Families! <laughs> yeah, and she says the only way to s restore things is to send the displaced Enterprise C back into its own time. Mm -hmm. uh, like, just like, uh, you know, fucking Back to the Future. Going yeah. back in time to play the guitar so good that your uh, dad comes inside of your mom. Yeah, make sure you have to, it, if you play the guitar good enough, um, Guinan will get cream pied. <laughs> I'm not sure how this works. <laughs> if you play the Vulcan harp loud enough. Yeah, if you play the Vulcan harp enough, harp enough then, mm -hmm. then someone's going to get cream pied, and then you'll exist. Right. <laughs> um, so Picard arrives in sick bay uh, to meet Captain Garrett, and uh, he tells her that basically he thinks that the weapons fire from the Romulan attack might have created a temporal time rift that sent mm -hmm. them back in time. Mm -hmm. uh, and that maybe having a Klingon outpost not be destroyed and be saved by a Federation ship might have changed the tide of the war in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe prevented the war from happening. Uh, also, he tells her that she has traveled 22 years in the future. And she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, she's like this. This is better. This this uh, sick bay is better than the ones on star bases. Yeah. Um, so Picard tells Garrett that history never recorded their last stand against the Romulans, and so like no one ever really knew what happened to them. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, he gives her the option of whether or not to tell her crew, and she's like, "Well, do you have any reason why they shouldn't know?" Great question. Great would question. you would you let your crew know if that was your crew? Yeah, I would think so. It's like, especially like given like, you know, she knowingly, you know, not a little bit of spoilers, but mm -hmm. you know, knowingly leads them into like, um, and to their to their death. Yeah, where like it pretty much is asking them. But I mean, I feel like that's kind of like um, expected when serving on a Starfleet vessel. Mm -hmm. Which is also like I think, which is funny because like this highlights the fact that you know, the the prime timeline um, Enterprise D has families on it, mm -hmm. and they regularly get into all these like <laughs> this, into battle, regularly go into battle and stuff. So it's just like you know putting children's lives into danger on a on a Starfleet that's responding to like anomalies and and um, and other situations where it could get into could be blown up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I feel like you know, asking like a star Starfleet officer, you know, Starfleet personnel and stuff, to do that, like that's that's the expectation. But also, right. but bringing a family on board, it's like those kids can't be like, well, I, mean, I don't want to get blown up. Yeah, the family's got <laughs> fucking disappeared though. So, yeah. but I mean, but typically, just like in the prime, even still, like in the prime timeline, you mm -hmm. know, they're they're still getting into 
they're fighting the Borg. Yeah, <laughs> they're there. True. They're going into weird ass, uh, you know, space anomalies and shit like that. I mean, they they didn't ever mean to encounter the Borg or anything like no, that. No, like, but I mean, threw them like they, far into the shit. But they but they do typically get into 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 situations where they need to go to red alert. And, right, and, right. And, like yeah, like I wonder what happened. Like in Best of Both Worlds, did they just keep all the families on board, or yeah. were they like we got to evacuate before we go to the Battle of Three Five? You know, Wolf Three Five Nine. No, they're just like, all right, kids, buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to see some fireworks today. Oh, my God. They're all dead. Oh, my God. They're all dead. Sir, we lost the child. The child. The child. The child. The child transport. The child center has been blown up. All the kids have been sucked out into space. Not again. Not again. Damn you taking those toddlers. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of just highlights, you know. If, if Star Trek doesn't do enough of one thing, it's they don't merc toddlers. They don't work toddlers. There is no, you know, the younglings type situation. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a child like die that I know of on Star Trek. Mm. Well, besides like the the Benjamin Button planet, but they're not really children. They just no, like kids. no, they're bad. They're evil. Yeah. So back aboard the Enterprise C, Castillo struggles with the news, or sorry, Shooter McGavin struggles with the news that he is 22 years uh, out of time, mm-hmm. and uh, he's obviously got the eyes for Yar over here. He, he do. Keeps, he keeps looking at her, and you know, I, I would too. That Denise Crosby be looking good. He like looks at her. He's just like you know, hitting on her. Mm-hmm. You know, saying like you know what? Maybe you can... I eat, I eat pieces of shit for breakfast. <laughs> <And> she's like, <laughs> you eat shit for breakfast, and he goes. Yeah. yeah, lunch and dinner, two of you on me, too. You know what I fucking mean. Yeah. <laughs> you ever heard of a guy named Chuck Berry? <laughs> she is into it. She's so into it, baby. <laughs> um, so he wonders if his family might be dead, and yours like, that might not be the case, trying to comfort him. Uh, Castillo remarks that uh, back before they went through the time rift, the Klingons were negotiating for peace, but things have changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then Castillo's like, maybe you can fill me in on some of those things later. And she doesn't say shit. No. She just stares ahead. Yeah. Uh, so back on the Enterprise D, D, uh, D for Data, Data tells Picard that the anomaly is likely symmetrical. Picard asks Data about what would happen if the Enterprise C were to return through the rift. Data tells him that they would emerge in the midst of battle at almost the exact instant they left. Mm-hmm. Picard asks if there's any chance of the ship surviving, and Data says, no, nah, not really. They did. They is dead. Picard realizes that sending the Enterprise C and her crew back would be a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Having returned to the Enterprise, Yar tells Castillo that it was the first Galaxy-class battleship built by the Federation, and that the Enterprise can transport as many as 6,000 troops all at once. Damn. Which is... 6,000 troops is a lot, bro- brother. Yeah. I mean, mm. it kind of makes sense. Like, but it seems, you know, already, like, you probably wouldn't want to engage, like, Klingons on hand-to-hand combat anyway. No, definitely not. I mean, we see that, I think, we... I, I don't know. There's some, like, fucking people, like, fucking, uh, like, you know... Um, uh, Georgiou and fucking uh, Burnham do pretty well against them until Georgiou gets eaten. Yeah, and also in like in, in um, the episode where um, Jake Sisko is, you know, he's like a you know doing doing his war reporting. Oh yeah, yeah. And he just like sees the horror. Some Klingons of war. suck, dude. Some Klingons are bad. Yeah, that's true. Fucking Quark beats the shit out of one, and 
looking for Parmok in all the wrong places. But that's also with like being being psychically controlled by Worf. Listen, just because <laughs> I have my butt plug in doesn't mean I'm not doing the work. All right, I'm playing the chess. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm playing the chess. You would you would imagine like you know is like um his you know there's you know skills you know skills one thing but also like he, he couldn't physically overpower a klingon you know it's not like Worf can really transport that sort of strength to that's true well i mean it depends on what you are data could sh- fuck up a klingon easy yeah but like you know but when when quark bests that klingon in battle like mm-hmm. he's able to like deflect the blows with all with all of his strength yeah i mean but, he's got a low center of balance he's pretty stocky that's true yeah you know and you know he's we got know, that he's got that accountant build. We know Frangi or, or Pack and Dong. Oh, of course. So that's yeah. a, a even lower center of balance. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a, a fucking a pendulum, like a grandfather claw yeah. hanging down there, baby. It's like what? How 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 do Frangi weigh mm-hmm. so much? They're only like five feet tall. Mm-hmm. So is their dick. <laughs> <laughs> so Yara says she was lucky to get the Enterprise, and Castillo says he was too. They arrive at sick bay and brief Captain Garrett on the Enterprise's condition and its tactical state. When Garrett tells Castillo to concentrate on the ship's weapon system, Yar tells her that there are Klingon battleships in the area. Mm-hmm. Garrett s- sits up, asks Castillo why she wasn't informed, and then tells an intervening Beverly Crusher that she must resume her duties as captain. Crusher says no, but Garrett needs uh, another 24 hours of rest. Garrett says the 24 hours might as well be 24 years. Mm. She's like, it's 22 years, all right? <laughs> yeah. What's, yeah. What, what's adding two more years? What's with that? Yeah. I, I don't know. Two years is a lot, brother. Yeah. Like, if someone was, yeah, like, would you, what would you give up, like, I don't know. No, that's a dumb question. Let's just keep going. I've got a <laughs> lot more notes here. Guinan comes to Picard again, uh, and is like hey you got any more information and he's like no uh and without proof you can't keep coming over here and asking me what the fuck's going on psychically i don't have any answers um so picard slams his fist on the table and tells guinan that the enterprise c crew is going to die moments after returning if it happens uh guinan tells picard that she wishes she had more information but she doesn't Mm -hmm. She only has a very strong feeling that this is wrong. Picard then asks, who decides which timeline is the right one? And Guinan says, she does, which is <laughs> kind of narcissistic, Guinan. But still, it's just like, oh, do you want the timeline where you're at constant battle with Klingons or the one where you get to be like, you know, friendly spacefarers? Or the one where you're going to be in constant battle with Borg? <laughs> yeah, with the Borg, yeah. Uh, which, which do you prefer? It'd be funny if they go back to the normal timeline and Guinan's like, this is wrong! <laughs> <laughs> this is wrong, er, whoops, sorry. Oops, oh, jeez. Can we bring them back? Turns out there's multiple timelines that can be true. Mm-hmm. So, this isn't good enough for Picard, though. He will not allow 125 people to sacrifice their lives simply on a feeling. Uh, saying More that than a feeling. More than a feeling. Uh, 40 billion people, he says, have already been lost in this war. Jesus. And Guinan says, this is a war that shouldn't be happening. Mm -hmm. She repeats that the only way to save those 40 billion is to sacrifice a small group of people. Now we're doing like the the train meme here. Yeah. Where we're sacrificing a person or a group of people. What would you do in that case? 
You know, well, I would definitely say, like, yeah, the C's got to go right. sacrifice themselves. I, I'd stop the train, personally. Stop, oh, yeah, you could stop the train. I'm, I'm like a Mark Wahlberg type where I would have stopped 9-11. You know what you, I'm saying? Oh, you know what? You're on a crazy train. I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 going off the rails on a crazy train. Very true. Uh... There's no guarantee of success of this happening, though. Guinan tells Picard that in all the years he's known her, she's never forced herself on anyone or to take a stand based on whimsical triviality. Mm -hmm. She tells Picard that she's told him what he must do, and Picard only has to trust in her and base his decisions on her word, which is pretty, pretty, pretty strong, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, she is asking, you know, just mm -hmm. like, all right, well, you know, you're because like everyone is slightly mm -hmm. different like everyone seems to be more or less the same kind of person mm -hmm. except like they definitely seem more you know later when they're doing when they're in battle like they definitely have taken on a more tactical type stance like mm -hmm. more so they for for as long as like all they can remember in their professional lives they've just been they've been working towards like you know they work on facts they work on just like this like just they only know is battle yeah. <laughs> so it's just like asking for this like for it to work on a hunch that for you know because they just seem less inclined they that's something that's not addressed too much really mm -hmm. i think they would seem less inclined to believe some sort of like what would seem like frivolity to them just like mm -hmm. a person's feelings that something's wrong right because they're more tactical they're more militaristic right you know but, but this is Guinan. This and is Guinan. apparently even in this like history like him and or she and Picard go way fucking back. Yeah. And he trusts her, like, on a deep psychic level, mm -hmm. almost. Because she got some psychic shit going on, she for sure. She got some psychic shit. Like, she I'm got not, some psychic not, shit going on. I'm not exactly on. sure yeah. all the psychic shit was going on. The power seemed very ill-defined for me. Oh, she, <laughs> she, she's not a psychic. She can just smell everything. Yeah. So, like, if that, if that pussy stinks, she's she, like, oh, she, I want to get up in there. Push, stink it, push her. Her powers are bar-based. They, they're all <laughs> they, they're, I've got the Q liquor. I've got the Romulan liquor. I've got the Klingon liquor. I've got the Elarian liquor. I've got the Andorian liquor. Uh, everyone's got the Andorian everyone's liquor. Everyone's got the liquor. Yeah, I can summon these. I can summon these. But yeah, you know, you know, but you know, if she says if she's like, you know, a quasi magical being that can like uh, see through time, you know, mm -hmm. might as well just believe her. Right. <laughs> Do you, do you think is like a magical bartender she like do you think she has like magical STDs so every time I've gotten an <laughs> STD I'm pretty sure it's been from a bartender Are they, and are, is it a magic bartender specifically always a magic bartender <laughs> yeah I guess that I guess like the what you really have to take from this is stop having sex with bartenders no <laughs> I just have a thought there but yeah you know what i we, that's one thing we don't ever see guinan engage in any sort of romance yeah she doesn't need to she's out of she's out of time she's in romance with her job she loves bartending she loves bartending she's just focusing focusing on her job right now we bartending. never even really see her take a drink of of alcohol no she doesn't and besides she doesn't besides like i taste. guess like the pat where she summons the cue 
right, know, she takes, right, she takes right, a shot right. of the Q, uh, the Q liquor. I think the Q juice. You know. Q, she, yeah, she takes a shot of the Q juice. It's just, but, it's just a bunch of Q's cum. <laughs> but I'm not even well, sure how, we, Why have you, su- you summoned me with my cum again? <laughs> ah, stop drinking it. It's got to be decades old by now. It's <laughs> fermenting. But she, but she does have a lot to say about people's love lives. So she and does. She, she's definitely been. She's definitely. She's definitely uh, been around the block. Been around the block. She know. She knows her stuff. Because she is. She's. She's had, she's had a whole block party, if you know what I mean. <laughs> she's had like. I'm assuming thousands of years of experience. So yeah, she's like a Highlander. She's yeah. taken so many lovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or a hot Highlander. Wouldn't it suck to be like, you know, because you become a Highlander the first time you die? Yeah. Wouldn't it suck to like die in a way that really like fucked up your face, mm. and then like forever? Or of old age, and then you got to be like old forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just an old man with a sword. Uh. <laughs> yeah, like you know, um, what's his face comes and. You know the goth and she cuts your head off and you're like, I'll fight you, well. <laughs> oh, my bones are so brittle. So Guinan goes back to Ten Ford and sees Yar there and is made real uneasy by your presence mm-hmm. and it's got like a bah, fucking violins and shit mm-hmm. and makes it real apparent that she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Here? Yeah, I've never met you before. Yeah, they have an awkward conversation. Um, about Yar ordering her food rations. Uh, Yar tells Castillo that it's the first time she's ever seen Guinan act like that. While Guinan goes to prepare their food, Yar and Castillo's conversation continues with Castillo's head spinning a little due to the tactics that Tasha explained, which are much greater and weirder than he learned at the academy. Mm. And they're talking about what you do to the prostate. (laughs) He's like, wait, 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 you can use both hands? (laughs) Okay, draw me a diagram here. Okay, um, I'm going to take this diagram into the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) The family bathroom. The the one with a lock on it. (laughs) Um, So Yar tells him that he'll need it in the bathroom. Uh, Then the conversation heads towards more personal territory. Tasha asks what she should call him. And he's like, you mean pronouns? Mm. No, that doesn't happen. Uh now that they're past referring to each other by rank. Uh, Yar tells Castillo to call her Tasha, and Castillo says everyone except his mother, who calls him Richard, calls him Shooter McGavin. (laughs) But then Yar tries calling him Castillo, but he's like, no, Shooter McGavin. Is Castillo... Is that... that, What what is that? Is that that Italian? It's either Italian or Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, he could be Latin X. Latin triple X, baby. <laughs> you know, like Vin Diesel. Oh, yeah, like Vin Diesel. Yeah. yeah. Is he Latin? I don't know. I feel like he could I be part know. Latin. Who yeah. knows? Who Latin triple X. <laughs> That's my joke. Just then, the conversation is interrupted by Picard ordering all senior officers to his ready room. Uh, Yar and Guinan share another uncomfortable glance at each other. I think they want to be lesbians. But also that, that, that like, okay... Like the timeline's off, mm-hmm. but this is the first that Guinan is. Did Guinan just jump from, like, because it seems like her body has had already has a sort of history, without. Oh, without it has like, a history, all right, baby. <laughs> but her, hit- her body count higher than Mount Rushmore. You know what I'm saying? Damn. 
but like it seems like she's she's she has had like a relationship with Tasha. Mm-hmm. Like herself in this timeline has already had an established relationship with Tasha. Right, right. And well, now Tasha feels that way, but Guinan doesn't feel that but, way. But, but it seems like she's just become aware in this moment, mm-hmm. the time that the exact t- point moment the timeline changed, mm-hmm. that she, Guinan from the prime timeline has jumped into this timeline, mm-hmm. and so because like. She so she never had any sort of inkling that things were off until this moment. It seems because mm-hmm. she's never brought this up before to to Picard or anyone else. And mm-hmm. so it's like, is that how the timeline works? Like, or how it would work? And sort of like, I don't understand Guinan's <laughs> time powers at all, man. All right, I don't understand her powers, what she's doing. Like <laughs> the Elarian, like no one, her race is not explained. No. At all. Really. <laughs> like, yeah, come on. Like, we, the most information we get on them is like from Star Trek Generations, probably. Yeah. And it does not help. Yeah. It I becomes mean, more confusing, I'd say. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so they're these, these powerful beings, but they're also very enticed by a nexus that has mm-hmm. like a false reality that they all really like. Yeah. Well, it seems like, you know, if they were, if they had this sort of wisdom and, they would kind of reject that sort of false reality personally i'm just thinking maybe but you know because they seem like because like they're so long lived they seem like they would be be adverse to that they would see it as bullshit and not be be taken as at, by it as you know as much as like you know soren is you know mm-hmm. he has is addicted to it and you know like guinan was able to reject it but she said like oh it's so but i i want to return to it's like mm. Yeah, the Nexus seems pretty sick, though. Nexus seems sick. You it's, know? Like, it's like the it's but it's like, like living life with like cheat codes or something. It's like living on a holodeck, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a thing. That's like, really not that different. No. Except like you don't age, I think. Yeah, but you can die in the Nexus, like hmm. like fucking Kirk does. Like yeah, Kirk. No, Kirk dies outside of the Nexus. Oh, does he? Oh, that's right. They die on the yeah. planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. True. Yeah. Bummer. He should have died in the Nexus and stayed there. Yeah, he should have. Or he should have just, like, remained in the Nexus. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Been. He would have been happier there. And we mm-hmm. would have, too. We yeah. could have had funny <laughs> Nexus stories, like, where he just goes on, like, adventures, where he, like, big dicks everything. Mm-hmm. We could have, like, yeah, beta canon books written, yeah. written quote, quote, written by William Shatner, but actually ghost-written by someone who <laughs> can't write. Kirk Nexus Knights. Oh, I love it. It would have been like Baywatch Knights, except yeah. like it's like N E Triple Xs. <laughs> yeah, he would. Yeah, E Triple Xs. Yeah, yeah. Latin Nexus. Oh my God! Yeah, he'd be running like a whole like um, street crew. He'd be mm-hmm. he'd be in Vin Diesel's place. Oh yeah, Cause, yeah, because you know he the, technically he's he like Kirk was after mm-hmm. the entire Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, so there true. is a chance that he has seen. You're he's, not wrong. He has seen those films. I think that was his inspiration to be a captain, yeah. not his dad. No. <laughs> he does. He is driving that car in the 2009 mm-hmm. and two, a muscle car. He is driving a muscle car that I'm sure was probably in one of the Fast and Furious. To movies. sabotage, and mm-hmm. he's probably like, "I'm Paul Walker." Yeah, <laughs> sabotage. Yeah. yeah, I'm Paul Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> fiery crash. So Picard uh, tells everyone he's going to send everyone back in time and kill him. Uh, everyone's like, uh, really? LaForge presents the possibility of rearming the Enterprise C with modern weapons, but Picard says, nah, it'll Not alter no. the past. Uh, Riker asks if that isn't what they're already doing, but Picard says they're talking about restoring 
the past, which mm. kind of makes sense, I guess, in a way. Yeah. LaForge wonders how Guinan would know history has been altered if she's been altered along with it. Data suspects that possibly her species has a perception that goes beyond linear time, which I guess makes sense for mm her -hmm. people. Oh, yeah. Um, Picard is like, yeah, I don't understand her people at all, which is, wow, uh, you're going to call them those people? Really, yeah. Picard? Whoa. Whoa. Hey, I know. This I know. What what is this? The the roast of Whoopi Goldberg starring <laughs> Ted Danson in blackface. Yeah. yeah, I guess like I guess like they are sort of like mirror universe racist. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um so um let's see, where were we here? Uh so Picard says he doesn't know much about her people, uh, but if she is correct, a ship from the past has traveled through time and there's no way to know what effect it might have on the present, and so they have to send I'm back. Someone's calling me. I'm going to fucking tang up. Please don't call me while I'm podcasting. They should know better. Uh, yeah. Riker respectfully tells Picard he's asking 125 people to die a meaningless death. Data disagrees that <laughs> it would not absolutely not be meaningless, pointing out that since the Klingons regard honor above all else, that the crew of the Enterprise C uh, dying in a fight for the survival of a Klingon outpost might actually be a meaningful act of honor to the Klingon Empire mm -hmm. and make, you know, war possibly not happen in the first place. Data not wrong. Yeah, and Picard agrees with this. Uh, having considered all the alternatives, Picard decides to go with Guinan's recommendation and emphatically dismisses everyone else, all dissenting opinions. This is my final say. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that does rock that he's just like, he does, you know, he does just listen to Guinan, you know, mm -hmm. just Guinan has a hunch and he's just like, you know what? You're right. You know, and it's, <laughs> I gotta say, it's probably the first time in a Star Trek series where a white guy has trusted a black woman <laughs> yeah. based on nothing but her word. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. He just takes her at her word. Like, all yeah. right. Yeah. Which, you know what? More power to him. Bravo. 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that one a, <laughs> put it on the board, baby. We like that. Mm -hmm. But also, I think, like, I'm not, I'm not sure if it happened yet where, you know, Picard kind of reveals that the Federation's in a very bad place right now. Oh, yeah, because they, yeah, he kind of revealed it earlier when they said they could, like, they can't spare any ships and, like, even getting the Enterprise C would be super helpful to them. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's like they have six months tops. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I'd like six months tops. Ooh. You know what oh. I mean? Ooh. Do you know what I mean? Ooh. Do you know what I mean? I hope you want a six-month top. I want to top someone for six months oh, okay. in a row. Okay, got you, got you, got you. <laughs> I want a bottom for six months. I want a bottom. I don't want two bottom. Oh, uh, okay. So no switch. No, I don't really switch. Yeah. This has been the Britain Horny Hour. Minute. Hour minute. This whole thing is the Britain Horny Hour. Yeah, that should really be the name of the podcast. Let's get back to the Britain Horny Hour. Um, so preoccupied with a comment made by LaForge and Crusher about whether they'll be even be alive in an alternate timeline is the Depart the Ready Room, Yar joins Data in the Bridges 4 Turbo Lift. Yar says she's worried uh, that will happen. what will happen to Castillo. Or Shooter McGavin, as we know him. Mm -hmm. Data points out that if history is restored, they will have no memory of these events, which disturbs Yar even more. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know a little thing or thing, though. A th th thing or two or three are, mm -hmm. are uh, 
or four or six six six. Or six six six. <laughs> she's gonna die soon. She's five five five, but she's six six six. She's five foot five. I'm six foot six. <laughs> That's what the song is about. Um, height differences are great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. You ever you ever fuck someone uh, three feet or shorter? No. <laughs> You ever fuck someone seven feet or taller? No, I'm not. I'm sorry. Well, looks like you haven't gotten the standard deviations. Matter, <laughs> yeah. right? Found those outliers of, of human height. Yeah. Like a very small person or a giant. I'm f I'd be. <laughs> I'm fucking my way through the Guinness Book. <laughs> Every time there's like a new person that beats the new height, you know, mm -hmm. the Guinness Book World Records, like you're just like. Send them a DM. Yeah. What's going on? I see you're tall. <laughs> Can I hit it? And then you're like, I see you're two feet tall. What's going Can on? Can I hit it? <laughs> It'll make it look big. <laughs> um, so the Enterprise C crew continues repairs, and Garrett and Picard discuss possibilities of the ship either staying or returning and the probability of Guinan's accuracy. Garrett asks... If Picard trusts Guinan, Picard answers that he learned long ago, long ago to trust his old friend's wisdom. So it's it's about his friend here, mm -hmm. is it, or is it about race? I think he's. I think I think the Federation's also extremely desperate yeah. <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Do you think he's like? Yeah. I mean, they are desperate. And yeah. Do you think he's like? Well, maybe because what the humans have done isn't working. Mm -hmm. Maybe Elarians. Maybe their way. Oh, yeah. I mean, I said earlier, like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, there's no aliens on board, but it, that's, except for Guinan. Yeah, that's Guinan. true. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, because I guess, like, yeah, because fucking we don't have the half Betazoid either. Yeah, there's no, because yeah, yeah, when you mentioned that, that uh, there was a Troy, I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that mm -hmm. she wasn't in this. Yeah. Because then I started thinking, like, oh, yeah, there's no, like, because, mm -hmm. you know, in, like, the Mirror Universe, that premise is, like, humans are or you know have sort of like a racial fascism yeah. where, they're, <clears throat> where they think they're superior than than all the alien races and stuff mm -hmm. and i was just like wondering like oh that's sort of what's happening now or is like the other alien races align themselves with the klingons mm -hmm. and the destruction of the federation no but who knows who knows but we have an El but now yeah oh yeah I totally forgot there's an el orion aboard. yeah yeah, so uh, Picard offers to arrange a private chat between Garrett and Guinan, and she's like, no. Um, Garrett knows there's no chance for survival and asks if the Enterprise-D can return with them, and Picard says, no. Yeah. So Garrett's like, okay, I accept it, uh, saying that Picard doesn't belong in her time any more than she belongs in Picard's, mm. which is kind of correct, you know? It sucks, but fucking, you know, you came back and fucked shit up. Yeah. Sorry, you got to go back. It is interesting, like, the fact that, like, four billion people have died in this mm -hmm. war, but, like, all of the people on the Enterprise are still alive. That is true. Well, I mean, like, you, they, you know, I mean, not everybody. Well, I mean, yeah, all the aliens are gone. But, but, but like, but obviously, like, 22 years ago, mm -hmm. Picard was enlisted in Starfleet. Mm -hmm. Like, he was, he was a young man. Yeah. Like, he was, you know, he's. You know, he's like canonically right now. He's what, like, sixty years old or something. Yeah, and like Riker would have grown up while the the Klingon wars were happening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, it is. It is weird. The same command structure and everything exists. Yeah, there's no difference. Like no mm -hmm. one else would like it, with the other mm -hmm. with their other um, you know appointments. They weren't killed or anything and yeah. and firefights. But everyone, but I mean, it does it for like you know 
I think also just for like make sure you follow along. You know, I have an hour to tell a story, so you know, I make that makes sense. But yeah, just it's just interesting. Yeah, and honestly, this would have made a better two parter or a movie. I think this yeah, would have been made a great amazing. movie. Yeah, it would have made amazing two parter. They, they, yeah. they should have made this instead of fucking generations. I think. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a yeah. That's, but I think like you know, for, as for like the first TNG movie, it would have been like too difficult to pull off like an alternate universe type story. I don't know. I think it would have been sick as fuck. I mean, it would have been sick for us, but it's just like, but you know, not everyone's watches TNG, so it's right. just like not for a, like a no. for like the first outing for. But a, film. a lot of people were watching TNG at that's that true, time. That's true. That's true. It was a big ass show, brother. Yeah, just like yeah. I mean, maybe for a second mm-hmm. Star Trek film have like the alternate universe type thing yeah. or TNG film, yeah. but. Yeah, so, I would have. I would have loved it. Yeah, I'd love to have it like as the premise of our film. Yeah. So, Picard tells Garrett that the war is going poorly uh, for them, and they only have about six months left, as you said. But uh, sending them back in time might change everything. Mm-hmm. So Garrett tells Castillo to inform the crew that they will return to their own time. She promises Picard that the Romulans will get a good fight, and that history will remember their actions. Picard tells Garrett he knows that they will. Uh, Picard beams back to the Enterprise D and Yarn Castillo say their goodbyes, but they are interrupted by an attack from a Klingon bird of prey on a scouting mission. Yarn mans the tactical station, sorry, woman's the tactical station quickly <laughs> and prepares to fight the Klingons. Garrett contacts the Enterprise D and asks if Picard made it safely back, and Riker acknowledges that he did. Um, despite fire from the D, the bird of prey scores some crucial hits on the sea, causing a panel near Garrett to explode, uh, sending her to the ground. The bird of prey disappears under a cloak, and Picard hails Garrett and asks for a damage report, but there's no response. Dun, 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 after a second hail. Picard, uh, Yar contacts Picard and reports that Captain Garrett is fucking dead, murked, dead, gone. Shit. I would also say, like, I like I think in this, this is an instance where you really get to see, like, how, mm-hmm. like, Federation technology has evolved differently, mm-hmm. being that they're at constant war instead of like doing exploration you can see like they developed like personal force fields for inside the ship yeah so like exploding panels don't hurt people that would be a good idea yeah 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 it's just, like you think yeah especially considering that happens so much on like the regular ship but mm-hmm. in, but in this alternate universe enterprise like they have like um personal force fields that appear over exploding panels so Makes. no one gets ran, ran <laughs> rained in um, debris and gets killed yeah yeah and it's interesting some of the things that almost make sense in this alternate universe that they like never bring back in yeah. star trek like at all yeah yeah and even in like the later um and um later uh you know um seasons of star trek and stuff mm-hmm. you know like you know especially like deep space nine or something especially when they're having the dominion war like mm-hmm. they still don't have like the personal force fields around around exploding circuitry i mean you know the technology peaked in tas the animated series when they had the force field belts yeah yeah and they just forgot about that technology it sucks so um fucking garrett's dead captain garrett's dead so uh shooter mcgavin comes in he's like i can do this (laughs) and picard's like can you and he's like yeah sure why not his voice breaks yes i can (laughs) please (laughs) i got people who like to do their jobs (laughs) Um, so Picard says, okay, sure. Do it. Why not? Why not? Who cares? Fuck it. I've I've lost interest in this already. I don't give a fuck anymore. (laughs) So Yar takes Shooter McGavin to the transporter room where they bid each other farewell. And after joking about how they seem to have all the time one can afford to have share 
a tender kiss between one another. And she's like, your breath tastes like shit. And he's like, yeah, I had it for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Got him. Um, I do like how, like, at one point he's just like, you know what? You return back to your time and you see a 50, 50, 50, a man in his late 50s giving you an eye. Just mm -hmm. go up and talk to him or something. It's like, ew. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh... He leaves, and Yar goes to Ten Forward to talk to Guinan about her fate. Guinan says she doesn't have alternate biographies of the crew, but Yar says there's something to the way Guinan looks at her recently, uh, and that they've known each other for too long to have these secrets. Guinan finally reveals that she thinks that Yar isn't meant to be. She's like, I actually don't know you at all, bitch. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I think you're supposed to be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... Yar goes to meet Picard in his ready room and asks for a transfer to the Enterprise C, which is in need of a tactical officer. Picard asks why, and she says they need one, but Picard says they need her here. Yar then tells him she's not supposed to be there and she's supposed to be dead. Picard allows Tasha to sit and is also disturbed that Guinan felt it necessary to give Tasha Yar that information, but Yar responds she wanted to know. Would you want to know if you were supposed to, like, if you were, like, going to disappear from history in, like, an instant? Yeah. You know what? I think it would be, I would. I I think it'd be terrifying. I wouldn't want to know. I'd want to disappear from history in an instant. That's true. Yeah, I guess, like, you would go. But that's a thing, like, you know, it's one of those confusing things about time travel. Mm -hmm. Because you would believe that the moment that ship went back in time, Mm -hmm. Tasha, you would disappear. Mm-hmm. Because the, the the mere fact of the ship going back would mean that the that she wouldn't have existed anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you kind of think it's like it's like one of those things that make your brain hurt when you think about time travel because it's like because the moment that that the time goes back through and gets destroyed, like the moment they went on the other end, Tasha Yar would would have been completely disappeared because like there there would have been no Tasha Yar to go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's out of time no matter what. I yeah, mean, so it's like they went back it, and then like... It's all kind of time paradox. Yeah, you know? so like the moment they went back, she, she, she would have never given birth to Sela. True. So like, you know, cause, because like... Or, the, or the Enterprise Sela. The Enterprise Sela. Got him. So, so yeah, like the, the thing going back, like she would disappear completely. Mm-hmm. Time, time, the timeline would be restored. And so then like like an alternate universe, Tasha Yar would not have been there, so... I don't know. Just kind of think, you know, but, you know, it's like time travel has like the plot armor around it where it's just like, yeah, "Yeah, of course. Why not? Why not? (laughs) So aboard the sea, Shooter McGavin is making final preparations just as Tasha Yar reports to duty. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I totally forgot. Uh, Picard lets Yar go on the on the on the sea. He's like, yeah, "Yeah, you don't belong here. Fucking get out of here. Yeah. You're starting to stink up the Mm -hmm. place. Shooter McGavin tells her that he doesn't want her aboard, but Yar dares him to find someone in his crew better suited than her to do the job. Mm-hmm. He knows she's right and welcomes Yar aboard the sea. Uh, starting to step away from her, he orders her to take her station. Yar does so, and Shooter McGavin moves over and sits at the captain's chair. Military log supplemental. You think he wouldn't have just like taken the chance to hit it? Oh yeah, he's he like, was we are like, we are going meet to meet me in my ready room now, pronto. Like, we are going to die. So. Yeah, that's an order. <laughs> like someone else can take over. <laughs> Doesn't if, matter. Before we go into the time rift, uh, yeah, maybe. computer autopilot. <laughs> yeah. We're, just, we're all we're all going to die here, yeah. so why not? 
Uh, military log supplemental. Lieutenant Tasha Yar has transferred to the Enterprise C, where she has taken over tactical duties. Meanwhile, our long-range scanners have picked up Klingon battle cruisers on an intercept course. Uh, Wesley reports three Kavork-class battle cruisers. Kavorkian. And Jack Kavorkian. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what that's what they call him, <laughs> Doctor Death Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so they uh, three Klingon battle cruisers on their way towards the Enterprise D. Guard notes the Klingons don't even bother to cloak themselves. Riker is surprised at this audacity after the pasting they apparently gave the Klingons during the recent battle of Archer Four. I'm sure referencing Captain Archer there. Picard nods and then addresses the crew in the ship's intercom. Attention all hands, as you may know, we could outrun the Klingon vessels, but we must protect the Enterprise C until she enters the temporal rift. And we must succeed. Let us make sure history never forgets the name Enterprise. Picard out. And this is like a pretty pretty famous Picard speech, I think. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like Mm -hmm. he's like he's very good at like rousing speeches. It's kinda (laughs) <laughs> which is kind of funny just like watching him like deliver these like mm-hmm. just like he has such gravitas and he's able to deliver these speeches that are that are inspiring and then you look at Picard's you know in the Picard's Picard series when he just becomes a rambling mess <laughs> he becomes a rambling weepy mess and it's just oh, like Q, help. <laughs> oh every everything's a gender now everything's stardust <laughs> and it's just like what are you talking about you rambling old fool and it's just like then you don't really get anything, but yeah, just him, just like giving like the, and we will remember the make people remember the name Enterprise, and he's like, yeah, yeah. fuck yeah, dude. and we will remember the Titans. Remember the Titans, left side, strong side. Um, it's like, damn, he's he, he can deliver a speech. He he can definitely deliver a speech. He's got yeah. that fucking voice, buddy. Yeah, that fucking voice. So. Um, long story short, the Enterprise C gets through the rift. We don't need to go over this battle. In the slowest way possible. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, that's why I'm skipping this is because it's just like a Klingon battle. And like it's, it's weird because like this episode is super well-paced right up until this point. Mm-hmm. It kind of falls uh, like apart for a second here, but it gets back. Yeah, but it's, it, I thought it was funny how it was mm-hmm. just like took it like two minutes to go through this rift i'm like why is it moving so slow yeah it's so slow well because their warp core is destroyed so uh, they're yeah. going at like impulse i guess yeah um so yeah uh so the enterprise d though is now facing tech and being blown up mm-hmm. uh so picard orders all remaining power to defensive systems Data reports power couplings have been severed in the main phaser banks and cannot be bypassed. The Enterprise is hit again, and Riker is killed when part of the tactical console explodes. Mm -hmm. We can't have Riker killed, so fuck this episode. (laughs) Start start punching dry while you're Mm -hmm. like, Riker! Suddenly, the Klingon signal demanding that Enterprise surrender to them. And this is one of the best, cockiest lines Picard ever has. He goes that'll be the day <laughs> yeah. uh, and leaps over a rail trying to fire the phasers himself mm-hmm. after several tries the phasers fire on one of the Klingon ships who respond by continually firing on the Enterprise Picard continues trying to fire as the bridge becomes engulfed in flames and this is the best action Picard we ever get yes so much better than any of the TNG films God, and it's, it's believable action Picard yeah, too it's like he has this snarkiness to him and mm-hmm. it's so yeah it's so much better yeah so the Klingon ships relentlessly batter the Enterprise D as the ship is mere seconds away from being destroyed the sea gets through the rift boom Boom. timeline is restored 
and Picard is standing on the bridge just as he was before the divergence, asking for a report. Worf, now back, gives its sensor readings. Data reports the anomaly is closing in on itself. Uh, Picard orders a Class 1 probe for it and his anus. <laughs> he orders Wesley to set a course for Archer 4, uh, referencing Archer 4 again there. Mm -hmm. uh, Picard and Riker are surprised to hear Guinan on the intercom, who is asking if everything is all right. He tells Guinan everything is fine and asks if there's anything wrong. Over in 10-4, Guinan says no, there's not anything wrong, and she seems happy. Uh, and then she, then she sits in a table with LaForge and asks, Hey, Jordy, tell me about Tasha Yar. End of episode. Boom. Bing, bang, boom, baby. I do like how, like, anyone can just reach the reach the bridge at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you never see, like, any of the kids on board, like, prank call the bridge. Uh, I mean, Wesley, I think, is constantly prank calling the bridge. Oh, yeah, Wesley did. And, yeah, that mm. did piss off Picard a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like... Wesley's a little little snot. <laughs> it is funny, though. They're just, but it, it, it does seem like they just go by an honor system. That's mm -hmm. why it's just like... They are surprised, like Guinan's calling in the first place. I'm like, uh, and, and they're not, but they're not questioning. Like, how did you get this number? How were you able to? <laughs> oh, we've got a call on the intercom. Oh, it's from the bartender. Put her on quickly, <laughs> quickly. On quickly yeah. It's urgent. <laughs> yeah. Do you have my Pappy Van Winkle? <laughs> but yeah, they don't, they're not like this is bizarre. But they're just like, oh yeah, of course she could, she can call, but mm -hmm. you know, she just doesn't. You know, because mm -hmm. there's never any reason. But so, what do, what do you think about this episode? Uh, I love this episode. Yeah, me too. Like, I love like alternate universe any any kind of version of episodes yeah and this is like technically a time travel episode but mm -hmm. i feel like it's more of an alternate universe yeah. episode mm -hmm. and it does it super well it does it so much better than like a mirror universe mm -hmm. because it has that time travel element because it has it's like it's very well thought out yes like i feel like the time travel is pretty well thought out except for maybe tasha yars being there i don't know yeah, it's just like well, I guess you never encounter armies, and, and but like, like but, everyone else being there, but like the in the fact same position, didn't disappear moment after going through the rift. I thought was weird. Right, um, right, right. It's and it's kind of yeah, it just kind of blows your mind how time travel works. Sometimes it's like if you try to think about how it would actually function. Yeah, but it's like, like watching Primer. Yeah, <laughs> or like think you know Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, or you know jerking off your brother's photo as he disappears. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Getting your dad to cream pie your mom by playing the guitar real good. By playing the guitar real good. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, just like way time travel works is kind of messy. I know you're not gonna like this cream pie, but your kids are gonna love it. Yeah, yeah. But like, no, I like it. I like how they imagine because like. Because it's very subtle changes, but but very also very just like distinct, where it's just like how like the Federation would shift and over over um like several years of just like over a couple decades of dealing with this new threat, like how would it have to change to do yeah. like a, like oh with a decades long war and it, it it changes, but like you know in in noticeable but subtle ways, I'd yeah. say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like there's no. Like they're all basically like the same person. They're not. Mm -hmm. They're not like. There's not a lot of to like because like a lot of them were alive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like when 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 the sea went through. Like right. uh, they're all in their, you know, you know, thirties, forties. So like they're basically all kind of like the same people. Just had just made different some different choices right. along the way and dealing with this new, um, more military minded um, uh, federation. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, I, I liked it a lot, you know. But doesn't uh, one thing I didn't understand why a more battle ready type ship would be so dark, mm-hmm. unless it's just trying to set the tone for just <laughs> right. Also, one thing I think is interesting that it lets us know is like kind of about the uniforms, mm-hmm. uh, in that we know that they basically have like the Enterprise C same style uniforms mm-hmm. for like <coughs> I don't know sixty years. Yeah, fifty years. Yeah, yeah, the maroon monster. Yeah, which I fucking love those uniforms. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, a lot of people hate them, but I think they're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're good. Like, um, and and this kind of this kind of show, like, yeah, like the the uniforms they have in this alternate timeline are kind of similar, almost, where they have like that sort of like um, thing down the chest. The, yeah, the, and then and a belt. <laughs> I, I think it'd be cool if they were wearing like bondage harnesses, mm. and they all like you know, and like Riker has like a daddy harness on, yeah. and then you know Data obviously has like a baby cub harness on, mm. like, you know, a wolf and maybe a wolf mask. Oh yeah, he's wearing that puppy mask. Puppy mask. I yeah. can see Data wearing the puppy mask. Oh, Data's such a puppy. <laughs> Data. If anyone's a furry on board or a puppy and a puppy mm. play, is definitely Data. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. It's like. I would like to know what it is to be human, but I would like no, to know more what it is to be a bad little puppy <laughs> slut. He has violin club and then immediately goes to furry club. <laughs> just like, uh, it's in the same room at the same time, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me let me tell you, those band kids oh, yeah. and the furry kids, that, that fucking Venn diagram, baby. Yeah, the first hour is dedicated to violin and then like are like, all right, everyone, uh, bring out your fursuits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they all just have bass cases and they just put a violin and a fursuit in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah just, like, there's enough room for both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people are just already wearing like the bottom halves mm-hmm. of, of their costumes, so they can just easily seamlessly just go right into furry club immediately. Mm-hmm. Just like put the rest on. Yeah. So th- I think this episode has a lot of interesting things to say about hinge points. Yeah. Because um, yeah, it's very similar to the episode we reviewed last week. You know, um, past tense. Past tense. Yeah. Yeah. From DS Nine, mm-hmm. where it does rely on an absolute hinge point, and where history really fundamentally changes, mm-hmm. and it must be rectified in order for that hinge point to actually happen. Yeah. Uh, and the idea, I guess, and the value it extrapolates out of there is that things can change on a dime. And, like, mm-hmm. one direct action can change a lot of material change mm-hmm. uh, as long as it's, like, fucking meaningful. Mm-hmm. And this is a meaningful thing, apparently, to the Klingons yeah. and to where it, like, prevents them from ever entering a war with, with the Federation. Mm-hmm. And just, like, something that seems, you know, just, like, you know, requiring... Um, the Enterprise C to go and sacrifice themselves mm-hmm. seems like a brutal action, but you know, it's for the greater good. It's, it, but it goes back to something we've heard in Star Trek many times before: the you know the needs of the many, mm-hmm. or the needs of the few, are outweighed by the needs of the many. Yeah, um, you know, and where, but like in that, in that, you know, um, in the Wrath of Khan, where that said, you know, it shows like no. <laughs> like you know it's still all about kirk baby it's still all about kirk <laughs> it's all about his needs baby this is really like showing that where it's just like you know the, the noble sacrifice that's required of federation officers in order mm-hmm. to um for, for for the greater good and to maintain you know this the, the the utopia which they live the order the order the, the order yeah 
But yeah, I would have like one thing that I would say is like I would have liked if some people had some more battle scars. That would have been cool. That would have been cool if like Riker had a big fucking scar down or his like cheek a, or, or something, or like a eye patch. Oh, that'd be so, oh eye patch Riker. <laughs> yeah. Eye patch Riker rules. Hell yeah. yeah. I think I think people would be super horny for eye patch Riker. You know they would. A hundred percent they would. I feel like he's worn an eye patch in something, hasn't he? Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I can see, yeah, if there was an eye patch or some people, like it shows like, because that's one thing like that also like is a product of warfare is this like um, a, a greater advancement and just like replacement limbs mm-hmm. and just like medical technology. So like, you know, if they, someone could have had like a robot arm or something. Yeah, it's interesting they're, like, still in the Enterprise that's not really outfitted with anything fundamentally different, I don't think. Yeah. Like, uh, the design is the same. Being that they've been at war for 20 years. And yeah. I think the Enterprise was newly commissioned when... Mm-hmm. Or no, was it? The Enterprise D? No. No, I don't think it was mm-hmm. when, when Picard got it. I don't know. No, can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah, but yeah, it is. It is interesting that it still has the design of a ship that's meant for families mm-hmm. to live on. It's like you, it doesn't have a more tactical type look to it. I mean, but it's also it's just like you know how in space, you know, you don't really need to worry about like stuff like aerodynamics or anything. So it's just like true, it, it can true. literally look like anything. Yeah, but it could like, look like a board cube. It could like, look like a board cube, yeah. and like uh, so you have to take that kind of consideration into it. So yeah, but it does have. It still has that very friendly look of the enterprise D mm-hmm. <laughs> because the same ship but yeah it's just funny that it's like it's a it's now a ship of war but ship of war but um yeah it still looks all friendly and plump and you know or fat as that people call it in season three fat as a christmas ham baby fat as a christmas ham yeah um yeah um this is a this is a great episode yeah this I, is one of the best of season three besides maybe best of both worlds might be my favorite on here definitely be like on a list of much wa- <clears throat> must watch um tng episodes i'd say it's maybe in the top 10 of must watch tng yeah, episodes. if you were to recommend t- uh, like if someone was curious about watching like core tng episodes mm-hmm. you know and they, this would definitely uh, be core is not in this one He's in DS9. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but I just mean like very, very consequential episodes yeah, yeah, that are just it's, it's that you want that it's are that are that you know you, that that really get the sense of what Star Trek is. You would definitely recommend this. Would be would definitely one of the recommendations. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that might be a good place for us to leave it. I think so. I think uh, you should definitely go and check this episode out. It's one of the ones that we'd uh, both emphatically recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Two big thumbs up your butt. Yeah. Yep. Thanks oh. for thanks oh. for thanks for hanging with the soldiers. It's yeah. been real. Yeah. All right. See you later, soy boys, girls, and overly beans. Hang, Hang dong, dong and shocker. Yeah.